Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email on the mark at WKOK.com. Now, here's your host for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Uh, we have a great guest co-host today. I look across and I think, oh, I must be time to pay my premium at 18th Street Financial or uh, in Sunbury, the insurance brokerage on 4th Street. Now it's, it's now First National Insurance. Okay, but that's not what it was then. No, Midpen Insurance. That's right. So okay, geez, where's my brain? Remember going in there with the... With the check and the little slip and the paper, it's time to pay some kind of insurance. I don't remember what kind of insurance it was. I certainly had my auto insurance. Auto, homeowners, uh, personal liability. we did health ins- I mean, we did the whole gamut of insurance. So. Okay. Well, and Dad had all of those things for me, but uh, you had something, because I do remember going in there, and that that's why it was why. Well, in case you don't recognize the voice, John Shipman, just a great community leader. Uh, he's been a treasurer in the city of Sunbury. He's been very active in the community, really helping to push now the Susquehanna Valley Community Education Project to get more and more of these super smart people that are pushing for the community college on board, uh, and uh, he's got a great record. I'm not even going to try to do it. Uh, U.S. Armed Services Service, too. So I always say salute and thank you for your service. And uh, he's smart enough to drive around in an F-150 from the Sunbury Motor Company. So I'm going to try to hook you on this um, electric Mustang. I drove it. I'd have never driven a gas-powered Mustang, but um, we are going to... um, talk about the electric one that I did get to drive. Wow. You know, the thing about electric is you don't have to build. 100% of the power is there immediately. With a gasoline engine, you, the power builds at, as RPMs build. So, you know, it's like, uh, that's why kids rev them up to about 3,500 RPM and pop the clutch. You, right. so you don't do that with yours, though. No. But, uh, not I very, may have it in the past. Not very often. But, uh, yeah, and the other thing about it is <clears throat> if it's a 10-degree morning, Right before you open the door to go into the garage, you turn the key, or or in this case, you can use your smartphone also, turn it on. It knows you want the interior at 74 degrees, so you wait there for a moment, and in about 20 seconds, it says, okay. The interior is up to 74. It turns the heat on high and heats up the seats. Right. All electric, of course. There's amazing stuff. Right. And you can leave it on in your garage for days if you so chose, <laughs> and it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't fill the house with exhaust. So, yeah, I'll, we'll talk even greater detail about that and how you can get one. We're going to start out this morning talking about what was just a fabulous... I, I hope a lot of folks were listening last night. Dave Ritchie's on the line. Make your, sure your monitor's on there so you can see what's happening here. Dave Ritchie, uh, of course, uh, doing the great color color uh, commentary last night, former girls basketball coach at Chickalemi and a great uh, educator from the Shikolami School District on the line. Dave, what was this feeling last night as the boys crossed the line, something uh, you haven't seen in decades, and uh, advanced in the playoffs? Hey, uh, it was just one of the most uh, unbelievable nights uh, that I think we've ever experienced. Uh, 
42 years ago, 1979, Tom Farr's Me Braves won a district championship in boys basketball. 42 years ago, last night, Bill Ziegler and his staff won a district championship up at Bald Eagle area against Central Mountain, 59 to 42, and uh, it was a long time in coming. In fact, uh, probably Coach Ziegler and his staff might have been in elementary school <laughs> when this all happened. It was my second year of teaching at Shikalumi, and that was a start, and we thought it was going to be one of many. But 42 years since then, and the Braves did it last night. Unbelievable. What did they lead the whole game? Every time I checked in, they were ahead. Did they Were they in the lead the whole game? Yeah, it was. Uh, I think I made the comment several times that it was one of the best defensive performances I've ever seen. They jumped out to a 7 nothing lead, and they just contested everything that Central Mountain did. They pushed the lead to 11, to 15, to 15, to 21. They came back to 18. Uh, they, were, they were in control the whole game. And this is a team that Shikalimi lost to both league games this year in, uh, in the Heartland Conference. So it was, uh, it was I would say, just the, the kids did a, a phenomenal effort. Uh, I, I haven't seen that intensive a defense from anybody all year long. And, of course, the good defense, uh, along with uh, some good shooting. Davis Marshall had uh, 29 points last night, and that's, that's quite a night for the big guy. Yeah, it, you know, it's great to see Shikalimi, uh with a, with a good team again. Um, I'm, I'm a Neanderthal. I can remember we, Sunbury had a great team back uh, in about 1957 or 58, and uh, we went to Bucknell to play Williamsport is for the championship, and uh, Williamsport came out and had three of their guys dunk the ball uh, in in the prac in the warmups, and, and Sunbury lost the game right there before it got started. So, uh, but uh, yeah, this is a uh, the Braves. This is their second title, right? Yes. So this John, is that was that wasn't the team that Skip Benner and Bruce Smith played on, was it? Uh was yeah, it I think it was. Coach? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, we honored them years ago for that uh, for that great team that they had. Yeah, it's the, only the second time. Now the girls on the girls, I've been very fortunate to be an assistant coach in I think four or five district championships, but uh I'll tell you after the game, the the, the uh, kids didn't want to leave the gym. Uh, it was, you know, that feeling of winning a league championship or a district championship, you just don't want it to leave. Yeah. And I'm so happy for the three or four seniors on the team because they've struggled. They had to deal with COVID. Uh, they, they had like 13 practices, and they were six or seven weeks into the season. They started out 0-6, and uh, they, just, they just battled. They battled through injury. They battled through the COVID restriction. And... Uh, boy when time came to, uh, to uh, garner a, a championship they did so and the cool thing about the championship last night was all the younger players were there they got to soak in the emotion that all the varsity players uh, were getting and boy does that do a lot for your program it really 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 does and uh, we were just Kevin you know I don't think Kevin and I were talking I don't think Kevin called a district championship game for 20 some years hmm. they've done some other ones and uh I, I don't know who was more happier the team or or uh, kevin and i it was it was a great night 
Well, you could tell in Kevin's voice the tension. And Shikalemi played well, and then the team was gelling, and uh, uh, Central Mountain wasn't able to battle back. There was this tension, like tick-tock, tick-tock, make that clock go faster. Are we done yet? Are we done yet? Are we done yet? Describe this feeling that uh, that you could see on his part, this idea of we've got to expedite this game because everything's going well. <laughs> Win while you can, I well. guess. That's a very good point, Mark. Uh, we have been through situations where the Braves have played well and they have turned around and and lost a big lead. And uh, Kevin and I, and along with, I think, the coaches, we were all thinking, well, when is the bottom going to drop out of this great effort? <laughs> but it did not. I mean, that was 32 minutes. Of, it was so intense. It was uh, – uh, I think we – we took Central Mountain and just put them back on their heels the whole night. Uh, they had uh, a guard who scored 27 points against us just two weeks ago. Uh, he had, I believe, eight or nine, and he worked hard for him. Uh, it's, it's uh, you know, Bill, Bill Ziegler put this defense together. It was a little bit of a change of what they were doing uh, with their pressing full court and half court and trapping, and the kids worked it to perfection. I mean, they just, uh, it was a great coaching effort. But, you know, you can tell the kids what to do and when to do it, but they're the ones that have to execute, and they did. It was awesome. Well, super. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, we have to keep this going. Every day before Kevin goes out to these games, I always ask him, can Shikalemi win this game? And sometimes he says, well, this is going to be really tough for them, or it wouldn't be that difficult for them to get outplayed. And other times he says, well, they have everything they need to win this game. I forgot to ask him that question yesterday before he went out, so we're going to start a new tradition that helps ensure a Shikalemi win, me just keeping my mouth shut <laughs> and, and listening to the game like everybody else. Can I tell you one thing uh, that I, I, I had a feeling before the game we were going to play well? Uh, Ted Anderlevich, former principal of elementary at Shikalemi, he used to keep, he kept the clock for, I think, 50 years, and uh, he always sang the national anthem before our game. Well, in the first round of playoffs, he, he had retired. He came back to sing the national anthem and the Braves won. <laughs> Last night, he couldn't sing it in person, but he called Bill Ziegler and sang the national anthem to him over the phone as a good luck charm. And uh, we want to thank Ted for that. And, uh, you know, I'm, you know, you got to have, you got to have skill. You got to have effort. But every once in a while, that, uh, that good luck charm uh, gives you a little bit more incentive. So, Hats out and and thank you very much, Mr. Andrew Levich. Well, uh, that's great, and, and it, it, it's more than superstitions. I watch how you and these other teams worked throughout the day. That you are doing the things and talking about the things and even singing the things and uh, behaving in a way that leads to a win. So you want to keep those things going. Uh, you know, we, we see uh, maybe superstition is one word for it, but uh, there just seems to be a winning sequence for some of these teams, and we certainly saw that uh, unfold yesterday. Well, thank. Thank you so much, Dave. Thanks for all you're doing. You travel to and fro all the time. You're out and about for us, so we appreciate your time on the road. Uh, looks like we'll be uh, getting a chance to hear from you again next Friday when the Braves play again. So thank you. Yeah. Hey, listen, Mark, it's a job that uh, I can't believe they pay me for this. All <laughs> it's right? working. <laughs> yeah, I have the same one, <laughs> only inside the building yeah. here. Yep, I agree. Don't let the boss find out. 23 right. years with Kevin. I'm, I've survived. All right, so. <laughs> 
Well, you can find worse guys to drive around with. Thank you so much. Martin, John, have a good day, all right? Yep, do appreciate that. Dave Ritchie, of course, former educator at Chick Enemy, uh, former coach of the girls' program, assistant coach in the girls' program as well, and uh, doing the color announcing for WKOK with Kevin Hur, who does the play-by-play, and uh, also for our football games as well. So just a great uh, thing to talk about. Chick Enemy boys won their game last night. Uh, that means they win uh, the Heartland Conference, and uh, they got another playoff game coming up next week. Stan, I hate to do this to you. No, we're going to do you before the uh, break. Never mind. It's time to take a break, but we're going to put Stan on. He's been patiently waiting uh, through our good conversation there. And so I appreciate your patience. Thank you, sir. And uh, you have the floor. It is an open day, so go right ahead. Well, I listened to Biden's. I listened to it this morning on YouTube, Biden's speech. He started the speech off with a big lie. And then he continued through the whole speech lying to the people. To the American people, he stood there and lied. Started by saying the virus was ignored for weeks and days and months and years and blah, 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 blah. Nothing was done, you know. And then he went on to say that, you know, because of his great leadership, there's getting to be more vaccines out there and there's going to be more people getting it in their arms. It's all a lie. If it wasn't for Trump doing what he did with Operation Warp Speed, none of it would be available right now. That's a guarantee. Because the drug companies were incentivized to go and do the job. Even if they didn't take the money, they were offered that uh, financial backing was there if they needed it to pr- to do any progress or to uh, buy equipment, you know, whatever it would take to advance this. Right. What was the lie? I'm fr- I hate to say this. I only heard little bits and pieces of the remark. What did he say that wasn't true? That the, that the virus was ignored. He was talking about Trump ignored it and lied about it. And all, he never did. It was the State of the Union speech in Feb. Well, it was March last year, wasn't it? And, well, it was February. Whenever it was, after they tried to impeach him, you know, over a farce, you know, he said about it in the State of the Union. So he was well aware of it. And he's the one that stopped the travel from China. Well, I was but, listening you to know, this. So he did nothing, you know, according to Biden, while Biden sat in his basement. I was listening to uh, Leonard Steinhorn on the CBS News Hourly News a couple hours ago. He was offering his commentary, saying what a home run that the president hit uh, <laughs> yeah, Trump, yeah. <laughs> last night. Well, no, he was talking about Joe Biden's speech, and I'm like, well, I only heard a little bit. It's just it was just another flat Joe Biden speech. You know, I, I didn't hear exactly what you did, nor do I hear it the way you hear it. But uh, well, that was the first couple sentences out of his mouth about how things were ignored, you know, and nothing was done, and, 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 and all that about the pandemic and the virus. Okay. Watch it. It's right there beginning to think. And then also, later on, he's talking about, you know, people need to trust the government. The government will help them. It's the primary job of the government to keep the people safe. Yeah, all the while, while he leaves the border open and people, you know, the illegals coming across COVID positive. Yeah, he's keeping the people safe. But that's, you know, that's what, that's his thing. And he's going to give us permission maybe by July 4th that we can have picnics with our families. You know, if we just listen and follow the rules. Okay, so yeah, he starts out by saying, A year ago we were hit with a virus that was met with silence and spread unchecked. Denials for days, weeks, and months. Why would a man who campaigned on returning the country to unity and hopes to lead 
drawing together unity. Start out a speech that way, John. Well, I, I really don't think that, that Washington wants unity. Um, I've said this before. Uh, they want to keep the people divided. They, You know, when the people are divided, the elites get their way, okay? And that's exactly what's happening. Uh, the elites are getting their way yet, and the American people suffer. And, the, you know, the American people have got to learn you can't trust Washington. And, you know, Ronald Reagan said, Washington isn't the solution. Washington is the problem. And we, Amen. And it hasn't changed. So what, <laughs> we, ha what we have is uh, you can't trust what the government says because uh, they lie to us all the time. And it's not just Joe Biden. It's, it's Democrats and Republicans alike. So, you know, the, the, we can't trust the federal government anymore. Uh, you, there was a time that when when they would fight at, at election time and then come together uh, after the election. That hasn't happened for the last, I don't know, 15 years. So, you know, it, it's a sad situation. And But the American people need to wake up what's going on. All right, John, we'll give you, or I'm sorry, Stan, we'll give you the last word. Go right ahead. Well, the whole the whole speech was a farce. Now, HR eight passed through the house as I told you it would, Mark. So be prepared. <laughs> be prepared. <laughs> Poor Stan's with, with, gonna come with up the here stuff that's gonna me. come down. <laughs> if you want to go hunt and you, and you're with your friends, and one of those friends needs to borrow a weapon from you, if this gets passed, if you give that weapon to him, you'll be co create uh, committing a felony. Right. If he forgets, just, just a reminder. It, it, okay. You know, the, uh, there's some concern. You know, I have. I have some grand Thank you, Stan. We'll, we'll talk more about this later. Thank you, sir. Thanks. Appreciate that. I have some grandsons uh, that uh, when they were teenagers, early teens, I bought two twenty two rifles, one for each of them, a twenty two rifle, not a two twenty, so a twenty two rifle, just mm -hmm. a really, and would take them out to the gun range and... Uh, they had their each had their own gun and their own cleaning kit and so forth, but I kept them at my house. They were my guns. When they turned 21, I gave them each their gun. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to transfer them and so forth. It's perfectly legal at this point for me, Grandpa, to give those two boys, my grandsons, each a 22 rifle. The, but all transfers would be uh, discoverable under the new law. Well, That's, you know, so it's government control. So government control leads to government registration. Government registration leads to confiscation, and that's true in every socialist country in the history of the world, uh, whether left or right, whether it's Nazism on one end or, or uh, fascism on the other end uh, or communism. Every socialist government eventually uh, confiscates the weapons. All right. We'll take some comers on this. We'll have time for uh, probably a caller or two when we come back. 1-800-795-9565. Uh, we did talk about Joe Biden's uh, speech a little bit, so we can talk about that, see what you heard from it. Uh, Leonard Steinhorn of CBS said it was an optimistic, upbeat, uh, uh, feel-good speech that's helping America turn around. <laughs> I don't think uh, anybody else in our audience heard. I, I honestly, I'm afraid to say, I was listening to the end of the Shikolami basketball game. They occurred right at the same time. So I heard that he was talking. I kind of, my takeaway 
takeaway is just that he was talking about the anniversary, and I didn't really gather so much from it. But looking at the transcript, it looks like he uh, stuck a couple of jabs in there to keep us divided, right? So he did do that. So uh, Joe Biden's speech and uh, House Bill 8 is making its way through the, the U.S. Congress and it made it through the House. And uh, as I predicted, it would not. <laughs> so already I'm off the off the bandwagon there. Mm. Uh, but uh, that would require uh, registration of, uh, not registration, but transfers of vehicles, right? So background checks on any time a gun's owned by one individual, given to another, even if it's a grandchild, that's it. It's got to go through a transfer. Okay, so that's certainly pretty onerous. No family carve-out? Did that get brought up and talked about? I mean, no, that's been part of some conversations. It's not in the bill. It, it, okay. it may have been discussed, but it's not in the bill. It's not there in the final version. Well, that's an onerous situation. I stand to be given some guns in the decade ahead, so uh, I don't want to have to fill out the form. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Give us a buzz right now. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Well, yeah, we're talking about the uh, earned income child credit that's part of this bill. Uh, I think uh, Fox put up a calculator that you could, Fox News on their app, uh, put up a calculator. You could calculate what your refund would be. So, of course, I punch in my income and it says, you know, we're going to get the $1,400 at some point. But it says you can do add-ons. You can add on that you have a dependent, okay, which we do not at my house. But uh, so I put in a dependent and then it goes up, but then put in another dependent and it goes up again and then lowered my income a little bit just to see how this would work you know lowered my income to forty thousand dollars and then put in that i had a dependent and boom it it's like exponential and then you add uh, uh, it's like accumulating interest or something on a big bad loan it's crazy it well the the 1.9 trillion less than 10 percent has to directly do with covid the rest is bailing out cities and states but there is some big help for families um the earned income tax credit um the earned income tax credit is a a, a way that the government has set up to allow people who didn't pay any money in for federal income tax to get an income tax refund. You say, well, how does that work? Or well, to get more than they paid in. Yeah. Right. And uh, so, uh, uh, you know, a family of four or five now already already gets uh, five or $6,000. They've increased that by $3,000 per child, $3,500 per child under the age of six. So uh, this goes on forever. I mean, this isn't just... This isn't this just is a new entitlement. Now it's a new entitlement. Uh, the city of Los Angeles got 1.35 billion, so that's like 135,000 million. 
Okay, so I, I, I can't. You know, most of us have, in our lifetime, had a thousand dollars in our hand. Not too many of us have had $10,000 in our hand. I would say that probably no one has had $100,000, and this that's listening to us today has had $100,000 of cash in their hand. We can't even imagine what a million dollars looks like, and we certainly have no idea what $1.35 billion is, but I'm sure the people, the politicians in Los Angeles are spending on really worthwhile stuff. So 1,300 of those million, if you could envision the million in your hand, uh, 1,300 of them go to one city, yeah, which has mismanaged its revenue. Okay. Mike, you're on the mark. <laughs> this is the feel-good show of the day. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, right. Hey, that guy just called in and says that you can't give a gift or grandfather to uh, grandsons or granddaughters is totally and absolutely wrong. That's not in if, House if Bill you Google, 1. If you Google up the text of HR 8, there's a whole big section in there about about how... There, there's no uh, transfer, check background check or anything has to 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 go to to, to be dealt with with a, a gift from any and all kinds of different family members. Specifically, it said and grandparents to grandchildren. So that was all bogus, and not, nothing that that guy said, whoever he was, was correct. So you that, can look it up. At, okay. HRA, Google it up. Okay. All right, so that's right. not the family carve out made it in there, okay? Because that was talked about, but well, I yeah, I, I mean, I didn't you know, hey, these people are going to call in and say stuff like that. They ought to at least know what they're talking about, don't you think? Well, there's a lot of disagreement about things just because uh, well, there's you, no you could be called when it's in black and white, right? In, in paragraph C of section whatever, you know. I, you'll have to look it up. Okay, well, I trust you implicitly. It's very I, clear and very straightforward. You can still give gifts to your grandchildren if you want to, a rifle or whatever. Okay, yeah, we don't have a truth detector for our audience, and you could be telling us no, something that's well, untrue. Well, why can't they be their own truth detector and, and find out what they're talking <laughs> about first? All right, we got you. All right, thank you so much, Mike. Thanks for calling in. Right. Call back during Bye. the 9 a.m. hour. I know you got more to say, so uh, check back in. Uh, let's see, one of our good listeners sends us a note. It says, Joe Biden's speech was far from a feel-good speech, and we all know that President Biden won't write it his puppet masters wrote it, and he just mouthed the words. All right, so thank you for that text. Uh, we have an email as well. We're going to enjoy open phones during the 9 a.m. hour. We'll invite you to call, get uh, lined up with the topic of your selection. You're listening to News Radio 1070, WKOK Sunbury, 9 a.m. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here's your host for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence. Still permissible, okay. Greetings and welcome back to the KOK Live uh, Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. I am uh, Mark Lawrence, and we are talking about House Bill 8, so we're going to discuss that. We're going to discuss, uh, as our show uh, continues today, we got to talk about the U.S.-Mexico border. And uh, I always ask uh, John Shipman about the Convention of States, Susquehanna Valley Community Education Project. That's the community college project. They got some of the donations that were channeled through the Raise the Region last night. So... 
we invite you to call us uh, today. We would love to hear from you on the market sponsor by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at uh, sunburymotors.com. We'll have more to say about the Mustang coming up. Some very brief news headlines here. A fire Thursday night damaged a home at the intersection of 11th and Market Streets in Sunbury. No injuries reported. A half dozen communities contributed their firefighters uh, to that. Northumberland County 911 again says uh, no injuries in that uh, firefight in Sunbury last night. Shekalami School District was forced to conduct most of the school day Thursday on restrictive movement following receiving a threatening phone call during uh, directed towards the middle school. Later in the day, arrested 43-year-old Jeremy Good of Shemokin. Superintendent Dr. Jason Bendel says he called the high school and uh, posted the threat at that school. All of the schools in Sunbury, very terrifying for everybody involved uh, when that happens and all the schools were placed on lockdown. Just one of the many hardships a Milmont family is facing right now after its dog attacked their three-year-old boy and his mother three weeks ago. Reagan Royer, the boy, uh, has multiple stitches and arm injuries as a result of the attack. And the aunt, uh, Chelsea Royer, tells us that the boy is okay and recovering. Nothing's stopping this kid. I mean, he wants to be out playing and running around with the other kids, and he is getting around good and trying to do his normal daily activities. A pit bull and coonhound mix was put down shortly after the incident. Reagan's mom, Ashley, also injured by that dog. Chelsea, the aunt, has set up a GoFundMe page for that. In case you didn't hear, uh, if I had decided last night, instead of kicking in a few hundred dollars, that we wanted to kick in 51000 and said, Raise the Region would have hit $2 million last night. Uh, they had $1,949,769,000 donated by hundreds of people throughout the central Susquehanna Valley and around the world. Uh, $1.9 million raised and raised the region. Northumberland Christian School, $82,000. Just Man, a fant- Unbelievable. Fantastic. Uh, isn't that crazy? I hate to do a story with such a good ending to it, but they, it's inevitable. Middle Creek Area Community Center, uh, not always a perennial uh, uh, individual to, uh, group to go way up the leaderboard. $75,000 uh, raised for them. BTE that uses this as an annual strategic opportunity to really uh, kind to grab some of those stretching dollars from the Alexander family dealership, $66,000 for them. Uh, my good friends at the Susquehanna Valley Community Education Project, $20,050. That's wonderful. So your board kicked in plus other people and yes. rank and file people. <clears throat> I, I believe everybody on the board uh, uh, contributed something. Uh, we had uh, um, uh, other gifts, uh, just the overwhelming uh, uh we were we were hoping to um, do maybe twelve or fifteen thousand, and uh, just uh, we are so grateful, so thankful. All right, and uh, so raise the region one point nine million dollars, just crazy one point six million last year. So you get an idea just how exciting that new figure is. Uh, let's see. Finally, we're talking about tolling bridges in Pennsylvania, but one state lawmaker says no. Not a lot of conversation about this yet, but uh, State Senator Lisa Baker told WBRE and WYOU-TV that she and some colleagues are going to introduce Senate Bill 382 that would bar the state from tolling bridges and would require them to continue to do what they're supposed to do, and that's rely on the gasoline tax uh, for bridge construction and rehabilitation. She says, quote, 
vote. The legislation we've introduced in the Senate is a way to stand up for the hardworking residents of the Commonwealth to come together to address the negative economic impacts of the pandemic while forcing government to be accountable to taxpayers, Senator Baker told the TV stations. So we appreciate that. Not a lot of coverage of this pushback on this yet, anyway. No, there's not. How much, how much do you think the Pennsylvania state gasoline tax is? Mm, I think maybe 20 cents a gallon or something. How about 58.7? 58.7 cents. Second highest in the country. Only California. There's <laughs> there's only three states that are over 50 cents, that, that, are, that, are, that are over 50 cents. Uh, California's first, 62.7. Pennsylvania's second, 58.7. And Illinois is third at 52.01. Everyone else is less than 50 cents a gallon. And if you add 18.4%, 18 0.4 cents a gallon federal tax to that. Every gallon of gasoline you buy, Mark, you pay 77.1 cent in tax. <laughs> Just <laughs> no wonder I'm driving an electric Mustang. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, think about that. You know, we pay so many taxes that we don't even think about. But think about 58 cents, almost 59 cents for Goes every to gallon. So. Yeah. So if if you if you put twenty you know, or three bucks a gallon now, a little over three bucks a gallon. So you know, if you for twenty dollars you get about six and a half gallons, something like that. So uh, you're paying three dollars and sixty cents of that twenty dollars is going to Harrisburg, and another dollar eighty cents is going to Washington. <laughs> well, and I think um, did you ever think about running for state rep? You know, where you could try to get in there, Harrisburg, and fix some of this. Well, we've we've had good state reps. We have, uh, you know, Linda Culver's, uh, Linda Schlegel Culver's my rep. She's, she's a good person. I think that she, that she's uh, trying to do a good job down there. And uh, uh, her boss before her was there for ages and ages, Merle Phillips. So yeah, but uh, here we are. Well, Mr. Phillips, I, I love him dearly, like a brother. But he was the compromiser in chief. <coughs> you know, he because of leadership and trying to keep. You know, to, yeah. I guess maybe that is the burden of governing, is that you have to compromise in order to make progress. Well, that absolutely. If you, normally speaking, uh, people come, people in Harrisburg or Washington get together and discuss a, a, a situation, and everybody gets their input, and everybody gets a little bit of their way, and you compromise. That hasn't been the way it is in Washington recently, but uh, and so it doesn't look like it's going to change. But uh, that's traditional government. Gov- government is slow. Government is messy. Uh, but uh, uh, it, it's really in the best interest of the public that we have government where people have to compromise because if one party's in control they can ram anything through they want that's that's scary that's what's happening right now well i told you off mic and i have said it on mic i was never happy that the senate went democrat because where's the check you know now there's no compromise you don't even have to listen to the republicans at all whatsoever in washington dc so they're going to do as many bold things as they can do while they have the the house and senate for two years anyway and, and maybe longer you know the nation may love these checks they're getting in the mail if you keep handing them out money well what was <clears> it uh, bread and circuses or something that yeah to keep the romans <laughs> yeah, happy right so all right uh, one of our good listeners says uh stan who had called in says you know what mike may be correct with family members and giving firearms as gifts but friends loaning guns to friends to hunt or to go to the range will become illegal uh, the goal of this bill is registration of guns and their owners which leads to confiscation House Resolution 8 is just the start of the Democrats' drive to gun control, registration, licensing,
taking firearms and ammunition. So, yeah, I appreciate it, Stan. Thank you. And we looked this up, so it looks like maybe individual family gifting might not be covered this, but it looks like everything else is, right? And especially much, loaning. It, it seems to be. Uh, we we just sort of perused that quickly, but uh, um, it looks like it's going to be pretty pretty strict. Okay. But family, so the family carve-out might not be there. Okay, so that's a good, good catch, Mike. Thank you so much for that. We do appreciate that. Uh, but uh, in any event... Uh, this is what what's strange here is that this is making out of the house already and on to the senate now some of the commentary including the one that you and i just both glanced at uh doesn't indicate that it ha- it has a certain passage in the senate at all so uh, no. there might have to be some compromise there well Normally, uh, other than reconciliation bills, you need 60 votes uh, in the Senate to even get it on the floor. So um, whether it will pass, there's some doubt that it will. Uh, Crazy things can happen, though, you know. Uh, But uh, right now, uh, unless they do away with the filibuster, which a lot of Democrats are talking about, uh, you need 60 votes to get get a bill on the floor. And... uh, so and that's not really a filibuster. I guess it is. A, it's a that's a Senate rule. At a filibuster, you need two thirds, which would be sixty six or sixty seven. But um, so it it's a, it could die in the Senate. Uh, we don't know. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. Uh, give us a call right now. We are talking about the House Bill Eight in the uh, U.S. Congress. Well, I guess it's done in the Congress, on to the Senate now. Uh, that did pass. It uh, universal background checks are part of that. Uh, that is a, an element that Senator Toomey has supported in the past. So, depending upon how this is worded, they may pick up a Republican <laughs> vote there. Joe Manchin, of course, uh, he was in on this. So, there's a Democratic vote that you would think would waver, but this has some elements in it that he has favored in the past. So, well, he and Toomey he continued. And, he and Senator Toomey co-sponsored a registration bill several years ago, if you recall. Then it didn't go anywhere, but uh, Manchin. Uh, yeah, 2007, 2008. Yeah, Se- like that. Senator Manchin and Senator Toomey. Well, it had to be a little later than that. I don't think that Toomey was elected till maybe 2008. So, okay. but uh, yeah, so uh, they uh, they both. Uh, uh, co-sponsored that bill, which would pretty much do some of the, you know, try to close loopholes. Uh, no, the overwhelming majority, you know, the numbers are depending on who's putting the numbers out. Um, but the facts are that the overwhelming majority of gun transfers do require require a, a, a transfer, a registered transfer. So you, if you have a gun and you want to sell it to me, you and I have to go to a gun dealer and you surrender the, the gun to the dealer. The dealer fills out transfer paperwork. You sign it. I sign it. The dealer gives me the gun and I walk out well, with Well, you the have gun. a background, you know, that instant background check, correct? Right. You have to go through the instant background check. So the overwhelming majority. Okay. So we, we read 40% of transfers uh, aren't... Uh, or outside the registration. Well, can can you imagine two criminals uh, going to the to, to the gun store and saying, "Hey, I got this. I got this gun. I like to transfer it to, to to Sam here." Well, criminals aren't that dumb. I <laughs> yeah, think that's what you're trying I don't think to portray so. here. So you this know, is how they got to be criminals. So all of a sudden, because we have this bill now, they're going to go to the gun store? I don't think so. So you know, maybe forty percent are outside of it, but they're not law-abiding citizens. Law-abiding citizens like Mark Lawrence goes by the law, and he goes to the gun store with his gun to transfer it to whoever he sold it to. 
to. So, you know, uh, it's uh, you can pass all the laws you want. Criminals aren't going to obey them. one 800 795 We'll take a quickie break. When we come back, uh, we're going to keep talking about H.R. 8. I have other important topics we need to discuss. Uh, Joe Biden's speech last night. What was your impression about that? We'll play a little excerpt when we come back. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. one 800 795 You can email us at on the market WKOK.com. One of our good uh, uh, listeners sent us a note on the stimulus bill. Uh, says it's some kind of turnabout or fair play. He says, uh, sort of like corporate subsidies. How about it, John? <laughs> you like those corporate subsidies. Of course, money for the rich isn't socialism. So corporate subsidies aren't socialism, says, uh, well, uh, uh, sarcastically, that's what our good uh, emailer says. So, By the way, I'm not in favor of corporate subsidies, subsidies either, so I'm not sure where he got that. <laughs> <laughs> well, he just assumes, that, since you might vote red sometimes, that uh, you're part of that problem, but uh, that you don't favor that. Maybe you should have been a state house. Maybe you should have been a U.S. congressman. Maybe you still should. <laughs> don't, I won't mention that to your lovely bride. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Uh, my good friend, John Shipman, is the co-host, and Rob Center is just doing a fabulous job keeping up. Uh, we asked for calls, and we got it. We lit them up. So we're going to start out with Carl. He is in line first. Uh, Carl from Mifflinburg. Good morning, sir. You're on the Mark. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, John. Good morning. I just wanted to just uh, briefly touch base on what John was saying about gun registration. The only, if I own a gun and I want to sell it to you, Mark, the only ones that we have to take to a gun shop and get registered are ones that are considered pistols. All long guns, I can sell my long guns to anybody without having to do any type of uh, transfer or for any registration. Yes, you are correct. I appreciate your correcting that. Yeah, yeah one of our good listeners sends us a note to that effect. Uh, Stan uh, echoes that. And, uh, and that's why you see rifles and shotguns at yard sales. In you know, yeah, in, right. in, in rural auctions. Okay. But I, I wanted to. I wanted the main reason I wanted to call in. I wanted to clarify my comment yesterday about the solar. Okay, go right ahead. Go ahead. Okay, you had uh, basically alluded to uh, the fact that I am maybe kind of being a little petty about this, living in an area that does not have zoning, and I, I am not condemning uh, the individual the farmer it's his land he can do with his land what he wants to do what i'm upset about is that it's federal money being the only reason this can be done is because there's federal tax dollars that are paying for it 
and the environmentalists are pushing solar, but we're destroying farmland and destroying woodlots to build this solar that we really don't even need. That's the thing that upsets me. Uh, you know, why are our why are our tax dollars going to build solar farms when we're destroying farmland, uh, or at least taking it out of production for 30 plus years, and uh, cutting down the forest to build a solar farm when we have thousands of acres, especially like over in Northumberland County, of strip mines that it's basically useless land. It can't, nothing can grow in it. You know, why are we destroying our farms and using tax dollars to do it? And the environmentalists standing back and not saying anything uh, because it's solar. If it was something other than solar, they'd be screaming that you're cutting down the trees and destroying the habitat. But because of solar, it's okay. To me, that doesn't make a lot of sense. All right, we got you. Thank you. Oh, yeah, thank you for the update. Appreciate that. Yeah, I apologize if uh, if I came off yesterday sounding like I thought anything bad about you. I don't. I, I was just responding, and maybe I was a little too uh, zealous about it. But uh, in any event, yes, yeah, so apologies there. But in any event, yeah, U.S. government dollars to pay for the solar farm in Mifflinburg, that hardly seems ideal. So uh, uh, we just talked about government subsidies. Well, you know, the thing the thing about alternative energy, is when it is economically viable, it will happen, uh, just like everything else. The car replaced the horse because the car was much more economically viable than the horse was. Uh, improvement always comes in a society like the, ours here in the United States when the new technology becomes practical. The, the issue is that, that wind and solar and so forth have not become practical, and so if the government wants to, to have it used, they have to subsidize it, which means that the taxpayers are, are paying for the privilege of paying higher money for their electricity. All right, Carl, give you the last word. Go right ahead. Well, I, I'm just hoping that enough people uh, are against this uh, using federal tax dollars to supplement this destruction of farmland and and forest land to uh, build something that we actually don't need yet. You know, eventually solar is going to be, you know, everywhere, but not until people like Tesla and manufacturers can create the batteries and create the systems that we can stick a, a unit on our roof. But I, I'm just so against the destruction of farmland and the destruction of the forest to... Uh, to build this. Carl, the, the only molecule of good news in all of your statements is that uh, Tesla's building a pickup truck, so. <laughs> so I don't know if it has a hitch or not for you, but who knows if it'll be rugged enough for you to use. All right, thank you, sir. Thank, thanks, thanks for checking, checking in. Yeah, the Tesla uh, pickup truck looks like a spaceship, less so than a, than a, a pickup truck. So, All right, well, federal government subsidies as they relate to solar, Joe Biden's uh, speech and uh, gun law making its way through the U.S. Congress have been our topics so far. Uh, Than is patiently waiting. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark. Good morning. How are you guys? You're sounding good today. Doing well, Than. You're sounding well as good, uh, good as well. I I have a phone that keeps cutting out, so I may miss a word now and then. That uh, it, it's my phone. It's not your problem. What I wanted to do was say, uh, number one, uh, how much subsidies do we give to the oil and gas companies, I think it's an awful lot of money. 
Too much. I think we subsidized <laughs> them. Why not subsidize the future instead of trying to hang on to the past would be my question. Why subsidize anybody? Why, Why subsidize? Yes. Okay, you know, I, Thomas I Jefferson. Don't know. I don't know. I'd have to study that. Because I don't know why we give uh, a business subsidies. There may be a reason that I would uh, agree with, but I don't know why it is. Thomas, I, I think it's because they give a lot of money to politicians, actually. Well, I think that's true. Big, big, big business gives big money. Big tech gives big money. And you make my point that I've made on this show before that uh, the elite uh, are all on one side uh, and they give huge amounts of money uh, to politicians on both sides, uh, depending on where that politician stands. And usually it's against the interests of the public. Uh, but uh, so, you know, big business is... is Thomas Jefferson said that uh, the people that uh, the and I can't I don't know the quote exactly but that the people will enjoy uh, uh, prosperity as long as they can prevent the government from for squandering their money in the guise of 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 doing good for the people and that we're certainly there. Well, and I I, I, uh, very interesting. I want to go to one other subject too. How outraged are you about something close to between 100, uh, I, I mean 1.7 and 1.9 trillion dollars uh, being added to our debt? Were you enraged by that, John? Very upset. Uh, and let me tell you what's happening. Uh, you wait, know. wait, wait. I, Go I ahead, have a finish your question. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm upset about that. I think it's it, it, it didn't it. It's giveaway money to all kinds of things that, that were pet projects. Well, Joe McGranahan, for the longest time, and Mark agrees with him, points out that his taxes went down from that one, I think it's $1.7 trillion tax break that you richer guys got. And so you're outraged by that. I'm glad to know that. Joe's not. He's happy you got free money. Uh, you know... Uh, I'm, I'm retired. Uh, I, I live on Social Security and a little IRA income. And uh, I, my wife and I, our, we keep our spending within uh, our income, and we're comfortable. Uh, we don't have a mortgage and so forth. Um, and, and we're not wealthy, and we don't make a lot of money, uh, but we, we're comfortable. And, and you know, the, the United States government can't learn to live within its means. And what's happening, Stan, the stock market is going crazy, but that's not what you have to look at. You look at the bond market. The bond market is dropping. What? Why is the bond market dropping? Because the bond market expects inflation, and inflation will bring higher interest rates. So down the line, maybe not this month or next month, but down the line, we're going to pay the piper for all this extra cash that's flowing into our economy. Okay, so you are outraged by both of the nearly $2 trillion. The first... The, first the one that gave you a tax break and the one that's going to feed poor children who are starving. 
No, I, 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 there are some good things in there. Uh, Than there, there are some good things in there. The problem is that there's a lot of there's a lot of gifts to political friends. Um, I, I, I think that we need to help poor people. I think that you know. You take a family of, of four or five, and, and mom and dad are both working and making $25,000 a year. <clears throat> they, they, they need some help. Uh, the good news is they're probably not already, they're already not paying any income tax or, or very little income tax. <coughs> Excuse me. But uh, right. uh, we got to take another call, Stan. <clears throat> Than, you know, I've got you got me calling him Stan. <laughs> Than, you're on. Thank I, you so much. I, I know Stan, and he's a great guy. But please don't, <laughs> don't, don't Than, call him that. You don't confuse me with that gun toter. Sorry, man. Than. Oh, come on. Jeez, <laughs> gun toter. All right, thank you so much, Than. Very much appreciate the call. Uh, Stan sends us a note. Says uh, only handguns in Pennsylvania sold by private individuals have to go through a dealer for background checks. All rifles and shotguns can be sold by individuals without going through a dealer. This applies to all Pennsylvania residents. All internet firearm sales have to go through a dealer. And then the added opinion, when the Democrats tell us that there's a loophole for internet sales, they are uh, lying. All right, Lance, last caller before a quickie break. Uh, you are on the mark. Okay, guys. Well, you know, as we think of those uh, evil uh, black rifles, <laughs> the ARs of the world. Yeah. Well, there's 17 million ARs and about 3 million more of various and sundry ones that qualify to be just like that rifle. Okay. In any one year you look at, there's about 300 murders are committed by people using those as a weapon. However, if we say that these are people and do it themselves, they would have a murder rate of 15 per million. 300, you know, 20 million. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, they are absolutely just too dangerous and too barbaric, you know, to be in civilized society. So we want to deport them. At the same time, we are leaving in, on vetted, persons who have murder rates of a low of about 250 per million to a high of as much as 1,000 per million without any problems at all and we say well at least our president does come on in well, that makes as much sense as anything else a liberal does doesn't it so we have a we have misplaced priorities eh i say in so. u.s yeah. government misplaced priorities john has a shocked face on i know i do <laughs> yeah but, well think about that that's you know 300 murders and 1600 to 1800 people are knifed every year so i I can't quite understand that these things are just so horribly dangerous. More people are killed in the United States by being beaten to death than are killed by AR-15s. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, hands and feet is what was here in Pennsylvania. It was pretty amazing. There were like uh, three murders that were done, those with the semi-auto rifles, and there were like eight or something like that. Yeah, it was eight. It were hands and feet. We'll have to require all criminals to wear boxing gloves at all times. <laughs> yeah, that's what it amounts to. So they really aren't interested in saving lives. All they're interested in is getting us disarmed. Well, it's like a visual. It's like a visual thing, you know. The uh, AR-15s look pretty onerous. Uh, of course, they're dangerous in the wrong hands, but so is a knife or fists or feet or a car or any other thing. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I think you're going after yeah. the wrong thing as well. All right. Thank you so much, Lance. I, I just remember, too, it's the fascists that ban the guns and the books, which we are experiencing right now.
The government um, is banning books? I didn't hear that one. Well, what about this um, uh, Dr. Seuss? Oh, that's a family trust. I would hardly say they're the U.S. government. They're a tiny mm. sliver of the book world. But uh, <clears throat> but well, I understand what you're saying. A ban is okay. a ban is a ban in your view. Right. Even if it's a private one. Okay, we got you. Thank you so much. 1-800-795-9565. We've got one line open, uh, two emails pending, and uh, we'll look at those when we return. Good listeners, send us notes. Imagine this situation. I meet you on the street and I rob you. Instead of taking all of your money, I let you keep some. According to Than's reasoning, I just gave you money. When the government gives us a tax break, they're not giving us money. They're taking less of our money. Yeah, that's an interesting point. <coughs> uh, let's see. One of our listeners sends us a note. Uh, says, we are only 50 days into the new administration, and we have seen tremendous progress. Today, the largest stimulus plan since the Depression was signed into law, bringing extended unemployment insurance, free health care for the poorer among us, support for children in poverty that should take 50% of the kids out of poverty, funds for expanding vaccinations, and and a $1,400 check for most of us. It is so refreshing to see a major bill like this pass that won't benefit the people that voted for it. Great start, Joe Biden. Let the GOP worry about the sex of potatoes and kids' books. Keep focused on the real issues, says one of our listeners. Another listener says, what's the current status of the Community Education Project? I understand that they uh, may... Well, let's save that to the end. We'll, we'll leave a five minutes at the very end. We'll get to that. That's off topic. But, yeah, that's my bad uh, launching into that. Uh, Mike, thanks for waiting. You're on the mark. Yes, good morning. Uh, I want to add my support to what a uh, gentleman just said about putting solar farms on land like uh, coal, old coal land. Uh, I believe there's a project like that that's been proposed over in the Hayston area where there are thousands of acres of uh, refuse land, and I think that full refuse land is, is all over northeast of PA, and that should be utilized. I, I don't think any forest should be cut down for it. And uh, farmland, I guess, you know, you can use it again. You're just putting the mounting uh, and the panels on it. But uh, So I would agree with him. Uh, I just want to remind everybody, too, that the fossil fuel industry has been getting subsidies forever, and to this day are getting subsidies. So subsidizing solar, I don't have a problem with that. And last thing for today is, you know, I'm opposed to corporate welfare. These guys would be the first ones to tell you how great capitalism is, and they'd be the first ones to tell you how successful they are at their businesses. I don't think they need taxpayer money. They can go to uh, the private capital market and borrow the money. I mean, we're supposed to have free enterprise, but, you know, they can't be complaining about socialism on one side, but be willing to, you know, suck on the tit of the taxpayer on the other. So that's my thoughts today. Thank you. One of our good listeners says, uh, hold on, uh, petroleum subsidies haven't been here forever. They have been here about 40 years or so, but that's not really forever. All right. So now you have a... <clears throat> well, and again... Thank you, Mike. Thanks for calling in. When, when the government gives subsidies, they pick winners and losers. And government shouldn't be picking winners and losers. In true capitalism, like the gentleman just said, capitalism, you raise capital by selling shares and so forth. You go into business, and the business either succeeds or fails based on it. And government shouldn't be in the business of picking winners and picking losers. Unfortunately, we've been doing that probably since World War II. Before World War II, it wasn't. If, you, if your bank failed, it failed, okay? I mean, that's the way it was. 
was. But uh, since World War II, uh, like this 40 years or whatever, uh, and and uh, what they give petroleum is, is a tax break for depletion. Okay, so you, you drill an oil well, and your oil well is expected to produce so many millions of gallons over so many years. They give you a, a, a break. When you take oil out of the gallons, you're depleting the, the, the usefulness of that well, and they give you what they call depletion allowance. But it's a subsidy, uh, you know. Uh, what happens if they don't have the subsidy? Uh, probably the gas price of gasoline would go up. Nevertheless, true capitalism doesn't have government subsidies. So this is something that we have. But government can help some initiatives <coughs> to move them along, things they favor, like sure. community education or <coughs> or solar energy. Well, and that's, yeah, that's... You know, I, I don't have a problem. People just need to understand that solar and wind energy is not profitable. Without a government subsidy, it's not profitable. So uh, when it becomes profitable, it will ha- we will have it. When it's, when it's uh, uh, self-sustaining, it'll be everywhere, uh, and everybody will have it. But right now, if you want to put solar, if you want to turn your house into solar, you can expect to, depending on how big your house is, spend somewhere, you know, Thirty thousand uh, sure, dollars, ten to fifty thousand dollars would yeah, be a realistic so, range. <clears throat> yeah, because so, you need a lot of technology. It's not just bolting a bunch of stuff on the roof. No, you got to have the battery packs and all that, and you got to be so new age uh, system probably. Yep. So what happens is the government subsidizes that. Uh, even for homeowners, you know, there have there has been. I don't know if it's this year still, but there has been government subsidies for individuals who will. Put you know turn their home into 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 solar, uh, and uh, so we the the theory is we encourage people to do the right thing by giving them tax breaks, but tax breaks mean that somebody else is paying the bill. Al, what's your view on all this? Well, I called because uh, John mentioned Thomas Jefferson, and that gave me an end for what he said and. John never said what he was going to say about Thomas Jefferson. But uh, we're always in a struggle against uh, liberty and tyranny. And it's just an ongoing thing. So Thomas Jefferson has a statement. He says, the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. Period. And I feel, you know, if you have a, a vote to restore liberty and freedom as, as uh, the con- Constitution set up, you have a vote to do that. Or you can go with the Convention of States to do that uh, and address big problems like term limits, uh, balanced budget, and reduce the size of the government. Or you can go to when all that doesn't work and the, the leaders that we elect forget why they're there. Um, we have to revert back to Thomas Jefferson's statement at times, and I, I don't think there's the courage and the willfulness to do that. And if you uh, were raised around 90, the, all the guys now that I'm talking about are 90 years old, and between the three of them, they had to kill thousands of people to have this freedom and liberty that we have. And it just saddens me that people can't 
go ahead and listen to this without being offended and and know the real price. And right now, this morning uh, on TV, I saw that if we don't watch ourselves, if we got in a war with China at this point, it would be hard-pressed for us to win. So that's the end of my notes. All right. Good stuff. All right. Well, thank you, sir. Thanks for calling in. Really appreciate it. Any questions? Uh, no, anything. Pop it I, I did see that the Defense Department put that statement out yesterday that um, uh, it's becoming harder and harder and harder for the United States to win a war with China. So I, I did see that. And that came from the Department yeah, of Defense. On the news here this morning, they didn't mention that. They mentioned everything else but on the CBS News. Yeah. On this on this station right now that I'm listening to, we're covering the uh, Royals now, so that's kind of pushed everything else off the top of the page. No, they were talking about the China, uh, the Quad. Yesterday, right? There's, not today. Meeting. There's four nations meeting today. Now, if the four of us would stay together, we could be a deterrent to China's aggression. But uh, that that's the real problem, right there. We just can't face the truth anymore. All right, we got you. Thank you so much, Al. Thanks for calling in. Really glad you're a great listener and a great caller. Always appreciate it. All right, we'll take a quickie break. And when we come back, I got to tell uh, John about this electric Mustang I was uh, driving down Fourth Street just a short week ago. So we'll talk about that. And uh, we got a caller standing by, and we're going to find out about the Susquehanna Valley Community Education Project, uh, and uh, we're going to read the emails that we got uh, pending. So we got some unfinished business to take good care of when we come right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. We need everyone to get vaccinated. We need everyone to keep washing their hands, stay socially distanced, and keep wearing the mask as recommended by the CDC. All right, that President Biden at the podium uh, last night as uh, he delivered some heartfelt thoughts about the pandemic and Took a, took a moment to jab at the Trump administration as well, which is uh, not a very bipartisan thing, really. All right, Mike, you're going to be the last caller of the day. You're on the mark. Go right ahead. you got a couple minutes. Okay, to, f- to follow up on your previous caller, he mentioned uh, China being a threat. My experience with China is I was there in 1992, and walking down the streets, the older men that were, you know, workers and stuff, they, would, they were yelling AVG, AVG to me, you know, and I didn't know what that meant. Honestly, I didn't know. And it turns out that was the American volunteer group that was in China flying uh, during World War II before it really got going. And we were helping China be protected from Japan. So they were in great 
gratitude, whereas the younger children would point at me and say the, the Chinese word for barbarian. Okay, that's what they saw me as a barbarian. So we, we, we had a relationship with China, but that, that has gone south. And that man that said they're a threat to us, I, I believe that strongly because it's my understanding that the people of China, you know, for the last 30 years have been taught that their rightful position in the world is to be the leader of the world. And I think that the leader that they have right now in China is facing a lot of different trends, uh, none of them good for the future of China. So he has a window of opportunity to become the world's leader, and that window is about 10 years. So what happens and how we handle ourselves in the next year is very, or next 10 years is very important for our relationship in the world, especially with China. But that said, I wanted to comment about the bipartisanship of Joe Biden. Now, you know, he said he was going to be a uniter, not a divider, and on and on and on. But the reality is, he is bipartisan, but it's only with the left wing of his party and then the centrist Democrats that remain. That's where the battle is. They're doing exactly what they want. The Republicans have no say in anything anymore. Well, maybe a teeny tiny bit. But his real battle is with the left wing of his party, and he's going uh, full throttle with what they want. And uh, right. for the long term, I don't think it's going to be good. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I'll have to wrap it up. But thank you so much, Mike. Really, really appreciate Call first thing Monday morning. you got an open mic here to continue uh, your great conversation. So we, we appreciate that. I want to tell uh, my good friend here, you've driven high-powered Mustangs. Well, this is an electric one, Mach-E Premium, uh, 0 to 60 in 4.8 sections. Have, have you ever done that? 4.8 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have had two cars in my in my lifetime that would uh, that would do that do 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 zero to sixty in four seconds or less. Oh wow, super and, okay. Uh, so you know the feeling. It's uh, pretty pretty exhilarating, but most cars won't do that. Um, and I'm jealous. I, I I didn't even know they had an electric Mustang over there on Fourth Street. So I need to go over and take a look at. Well, it. and this is the 20, <coughs> 2021 twenty Mustang Mach-E Premium, one hundred percent electric, two hundred sixty six horsepower. You can double that if you pay a few extra dollars for a bigger battery. Uh, Three hundred seventeen foot pounds of torque. It has a single speed transmission. This transmission and the engine, are, as you have pointed out to me off mic, are either on or off. And when it is on, it is all two hundred sixty six <laughs> horsepower. If you Trump on the gas pedal, all four wheels take off. I mean, as to, again, to use your phrase, you could smoke them really easy if you so chose. Now, I didn't go 0 to 60 in 4.8 sections or anything like that because I was on uh, 4th Street in Sunbury. <laughs> and then Mile Hill Road, which is uh, curvy, so then you can't go that fast. But in any event, uh, had I so chosen, I could have gone 270 miles on a single charge on this Mach-E, and there are various grades of this, and they're all reasonable as premium, brand-new, electric Fords go. $56,000 is the one that I was in. But uh, it's just a few dollars more for lower ones. I mean, you couldn't find a way to make this go into the 70s or anything like that. I mean, these are reasonably priced uh, cars that are for people who would be serious about uh, having an electric vehicle. Uh, you can plug it into 110 or 220. Uh, and uh, the, one of the greatest things is on a 10-degree morning, uh, you can go out to that car 30 seconds ahead, if it's parked outside, 30 seconds ahead of when you want it warmed up. And when you get in it, it'll be blowing super hot seat, hot air, and the seats will be 100% warm, and the steering wheel will be warm. Now, you just cut off a couple miles from your 270 <laughs> miles, but if you don't have that far to go, that's okay. And likewise, in the summer, you look at your car out uh, cooking in the sun, 
give it 30 seconds, and it, the compressor is the only thing you have to wait a little bit for to blow cold air, but it gets it cooled down immediately. None of this uh, waiting for things to kind of to take place. You can also tell your car that you'd like to keep it at 70 degrees when you're ready to go. Tell it you're going to leave the house at 7.30 in the morning, and it'll be ready. It'll, it'll start the heat-up process in it for enough in advance so that it's 74 by the time you get in it. It's crazy. Sunbury Motors. SunburyMotors.com. Do what I did. Go down there and check out this Mustang. One of our good listeners says, Community <laughs> Education Project. I understand they have a sponsor. Is that uh, true? I, I've, I've heard that sentence, but I don't know who it is. Okay. We are very close uh, to having a university uh, uh, openly uh, sponsor the, the, the uh, proposed community college. Uh, we are uh, excited about that. Uh, we hope to have that within the next uh, two or th- two months or so. Um, we are working diligently uh, and building tremendous support in the valley. I don't know if you read the uh, letter. My turn to the to the uh, daily item uh, the other day. Um, the, uh, uh, the mayor of uh, uh, Lewisburg wrote an unbelievable letter. Uh, we had uh, uh, in support. In support, and, and we it, it is the people support this. So everybody we talk to, we have gotten letters of support from uh, a number of city councils and borough uh, um, borough. Uh, 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 yeah, leaders, uh, and leaders, members, and council members. Uh, yes, and and uh, uh, um, uh, even s- uh, several school districts. Um, and uh, when they understand what the va- advantages are of having our own local community college. We haven't had anybody say that, well, that's a terrible idea. So uh, we will be working uh, in the next two months to solidify that, then talking to our commissioners for a resolution of support. All right. Well, our good listener has some more questions. I'll send this email to you. You can reply to us, and we'll read it on the radio. And uh, well, and you do have some awful smart people that uh, just say, meh, so far. And we re- you got to get them on board, and we'll, we'll do our part and make sure that we just keep talking about the education. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for coming up. You carved out. Always a pleasure. I really appreciate it. John Shipman of Sunbury. This is On the Mark. This is WKOK Sunbury.